Hello, Broncos country, and welcome to the Orange Weekly special episode of the Postseason Podcast. Tanner Lee and I are going to be here to break down all of the big moments of the season, some of the highlights and a lot of the down points as well, but really just kind of examining what the season was all about uh, in an, a nutshell, if you will. So we are here. I uh, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, we'll tell you about all the other podcasts and stuff we have going on in the off season, but uh, glad you're here and welcome to the Orange Weekly postseason podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. What's up, Broncos country? Tanner Lee and Kev Den here once again to put a wrap on the 2020 season, the disappointing 5-11 2020 season. But we're here to talk some encouragement, maybe if you need some, in the Broncos country. Um, of course, what would a Broncos offseason be without news right away? Right out of the gate. Well, That's what it's been this week, Kevin. What do you mean by news? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, we literally just got done recording. When did we record? Sunday, wasn't it? Right Monday, after the yeah. Raiders game. And then Monday, the news of uh, John Elway pretty much. Yes. How do I, I want to say stepping down from being GM, but Stepped he was up? taking a higher role. They're calling it. Uh in my opinion, it's a. I still have a year on my contract, so I'm going to hang around for another year so I can get that pretty penny, get paid a little bit, and mm-hmm. then I'm going to kind of walk away a little bit. So yeah, that, that's my take. I don't know how you you're taking it. Yeah, no, I think that's you know, um, I think it's a good move whether he gets re-signed or not. Uh, maybe it's something to hey, here's a reason you know for me to be re-signed because I'm not the GM anymore, so it alleviates him from the responsibilities there. Right. So obviously there's gonna be a lot of things that happen with that. Joe Ellis has said that he's not going to get re-signed. He's not going to come back after this next season. And that of course opens up all the, the rumors and the, you know, talk about, is the team getting sold? Is Brittany Boland going to be the next owner at that point? Uh, Of course, there's still a ton of legal battles with that. So there's just a lot of ambiguity and, um, just unknowns about what's going to happen after this next season. But yeah, I mean, the news broke pretty quickly. Um, and the reason I, I phrased it as, what do you mean by news is because I, you know, it, I'd say 90% of my Facebook feed is nothing, but uh, I, I don't like making fun of other Broncos fans. Sure. But I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm sorry. If you think Deshaun Walton, uh, Watson, is going to come Sean Watson. Yeah. Watson is going to come mm-hmm. to the Broncos. It is not going to happen. The funny thing, and, and I do want to get back to the other news you were talking about, but the funny thing is, you know, Broncos fans, and this is, I'm sure the same as other fans across the board uh, there. They talk about what they'd be willing to give up uh, to get these certain players. Right. But you never think of the other side of the coin. If you're the Texans, are you going to be willing to even listen to any trades? You know, maybe at some point, if it's completely outlandish, you're like, yeah, we'll take you the next three years of your first round mm-hmm. picks and Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and Cortland Sutton. If you're willing to give up that much of your team, okay, maybe, but it's the Texans have a quarterback there. Why would you give that up to go back into another quarterback search? So, anyway, yeah. 
I just yeah. need to throw that out there. Yeah, just because he might be upset right now that is not something that can't be uh, resolved here in the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we hear a lot of times athletes getting upset by um, of the the management inside the team, you know, doing something or not being in communication with them. And it gets resolved a couple weeks later and let bygones be bygones and you move on. So I would be pretty shocked if the Texans got rid of Deshaun Watson. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen, I guess, but uh, it would take something special, I think, and a lot of draft picks involved to um, get Deshaun Watson on the move. So it's just funny to me how, starved it seems like broncos country is for a new quarterback and Mm. uh, we still got a young quarterback behind center right now and it seems like a lot of broncos country just wants to move on from him so here's uh i'm gonna tie it back to your original point of of news that broke broncos country um and not everybody but in general and again i'm not trying to make fun or call out anyone but this is this is the trend Mm -hmm. you have a a quarterback with very little experience and they want them gone they want somebody with experience. Um, you have a head coach with very little head coach experience. They're gone. They want somebody new with head coach experience. Uh, and now we're talking about, let's bring in Peyton Manning as the GM. He has zero even coaching experience. He has zero experience when it comes to the front office stuff whatsoever. Uh, some other big uh, 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 Shanahan. Okay, well, again, coach, not no front off. So it's just funny to see this dynamic of, uh, I'm sick of these people with very little experience. I want experienced people here to, Oh no, I, I want a, a big name GM just because we know the name in Broncos country. And therefore they're going to be fantastic at their job. Being in the front office is completely different than being a coach or a player. So as you can tell, I'm already getting onto my soapbox like twice now. Uh, but I think the point is valid. There's so many, there's so much change that's going to be happening that we need somebody with at least some sort of front office experience in that position. And I'm glad you, you, you hit on a point right there. I wanted to bring up a name. Everybody knows that's what I feel like is the only thing getting thrown out there on Twitter by a lot of Broncos fans is they want a name. They know whether, even if it's not Peyton Manning or, or Shanahan, it's, um, it's uh, Lewis Riddick from ESPN yeah. or Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. Somebody they've heard of. That's not always always necessary. Not necessarily the good route to go down when hiring a front office position. I mean, a lot of these candidates we're seeing now that the Broncos are going to bring in an interview. Um, their names I have I'm not too familiar with, and a lot of them don't have experience of being a general manager, mm-hmm. but they have experience in the front office. Right. So. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um, you know, it, it was a little disappointing to see, to see the news of, of LA. I thought it was a, I thought this would be a conversation we're having next year. Yeah. His contract ran out, but, um, I, I think it's time for change. I really do. Um, him and Ellis, it's been a long time. They've had a lot of success, but, uh, eventually you got to kind of tear it down and rebuild it. And I think that's where, where the Broncos are. And, and like you hit on earlier, it's going to be interesting come March of next year of 2022. Yeah, we're already bringing up 2022. <laughs> you know, we're nine days into 2021. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Broncos have an owner by then. Because yep. in my opinion, the Bolins are going to have to sell the team. Because all, if all the kids can't agree, then it, then it is what it is. And they're going to have to sell the team. And I think that's what's going to end up ultimately having happening. Um no idea. I don't even want to throw any names who could potentially be a future owner, but uh, yeah. hopefully get us resolved within the next 14 months because they just cannot have this keep dragging on. Elon Musk. Yep, the he's rich, richest, richest world. person in the world. Elon Musk. Even Bezos, he's number two. Not, he's one no. of them. 
No, I want Elon Musk. I want the richest guy out there. That's, um, hey, that's SpaceX Stadium. Come on. How about how about um, Mark Cuban? Now he's not the richest guy in the world. He's not the richest guy in the world, but he does uh, own a uh, basketball <laughs> team, and he's a competitive dude. I want somebody yeah, that's yeah. going to be competitive. That's that's huge. But. And yes, competitive. But the other, and I, uh, obviously, this is supposed to be the postseason podcast. Yes, but this yeah, is big yeah, news, yeah, right? Yeah. You're right. So if you're listening to this, saying you this, you said this was the postseason. We're well, going somewhere with it. Right? News is postseason news. So. This is postseason news. Yeah. I like it. I like it. No, it's exactly kind of what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> competitive is great, but we need somebody who is going to respect the the Bolin legacy absolutely you know who is his who's not just in it for the money but they recognize the history behind the broncos the legacy that the bolins are leaving behind that pat bolin especially left behind and actually care about the team more than just making money yeah i think that's the underlying factor of whoever we bring in whoever is hired uh, or buys the broncos i really really hope it's somebody who actually cares about more than just money yeah it's gonna be somebody who has to come in and understand the rich culture and history and success of the organization and carry that on with pride um so i'm confident it'll be somebody who fits those molds but we'll have to wait and see it's gonna be interesting uh, future storyline for sure but yeah, it, dude, there's there's so much uncertainty right now. It's kind of crazy. And you're, I mean, the fact you're already seeing these moves with uh, John Elway and Ellis already saying he's not going to come back. I Even mean, Matt Russell retiring. Yeah, yeah. Um, they recognize there needs to be change. Uh, mm-hmm. I would think that John Elway is going to stay in the front office in some capacity. Um, I think he recognizes that it's not going to be in the GM realm. And so we might as well move on from that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sounded like from his press conference the other day, you know, he's 60 years old now. Yeah. He just had his seventh grandchild. GM's a, uh, Oh, it's a daunting, daunting job. I mean, you got to be all in it every single day. Mm-hmm. And this way he can kind of take a break a little bit. Um, yep. Play some more golf. If he wants to do some <laughs> other things on the side. Uh, so he can still be involved in the bigger picture stuff, but it's going to be a lot less stressful role. Um, living in, the state of Indiana, like I do, I saw the Indiana Pacers do this years ago with Larry Bird. Larry Bird went from being their general manager to their just their basketball or um, head of basketball operations. He kind of took a step back, but was still, in the media sense, the face of the franchise, even yeah. up front. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But I'm glad John's given the new GM reign of the draft, free agency, and building the roster 53. Yeah. It's. You know, looking back to this last season and even previous seasons, uh, there's been so much talk about the this team needs an owner. And I think what you're going to see is, yeah, I, I think everyone agrees <laughs> across the league that this team needs an owner. And the NFL is going to be, uh, I think, pressing a lot harder. Um, it's been going on for too long. There's very little movement. It, it doesn't look like it's going to get resolved anytime soon. To me, I mean, they've been the Bolin family has been giving more, been given more than enough time to resolve this in some fashion, and it's not going to end anytime soon. And so, I think this might be the last year without an owner and it's going to result in the team being sold because you're talking about at least two to three more years of legal battles and appeals. And uh, it's, it's going to go on for a long time. Yep. Absolutely. I I, I can't disagree with you at all. You kind of read my mind there. So, well, that's because we've been on this post game podcast. We're we're in sync, man. We are in sync. That's very true. (laughs) Very true. 
Oh man. Okay. So obviously there's going to be a lot of uh, more talk on that uh, in, in the future. And as we find out who the GM is in the coming weeks, um, that's of course going to answer a lot of questions as to what we expect. Right. So yep. for that, everybody can listen to the pre off season podcast that's going to come out probably near the uh after the super bowl uh and of course we'll do some live shows throughout the off season as well uh you know tuesday bourbon broncos no bs show after the super bowl uh we're gonna do these post-game pre-game podcasts and shows around the the major seat parts of the off season free agency the combine the draft all that stuff right so guys just keep in mind uh while there's plenty of stuff to talk about, we're going to be here to help talk about it with you guys uh, and stay uh, the most interactive uh, podcast and live show out there. So with that being said, Tanner, oof, where do we even start with the season, man? Well, I mean, it was, it was a, uh, another season full of injuries. I mean, it kind of started with the, you know, I think it was just one week prior to the season starting uh, with the news of Von Miller going down on a freak injury on the last play of practice. Um, and then it culminates with uh, Cortland Sutton being not only out week one versus the Titans, but then blown his ACL out two quarters into the week two game against the Steelers. Drew Casey goes down, and then it was just one. Then Drew Locke goes down for a couple of games. It was just one after another after another coming off the board this year in key positions. And uh, it's like, when are, is Broncos country going to have the injury bug, the good luck of the injury bug on their side? Seems like it's been many, many years. It seems like it's at least been since Peyton Manning's been around. Um, so that was a big, of course, storyline all year. And besides that, it was just a disappointing season. I mean, I think we all had expectations of this team could definitely compete to get in the wild card slot and be one of the seven teams represented in the AFC playoffs and just wasn't even close. I mean, it was five and 11. Sure. There was games that they were a lot closer, um, to winning than the score indicated, or, you know, uh, a play here and there and, 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 the loss turns into a win, but that's the NFL for you. Um, good teams find ways to win close games and just frustrating year. I, I mean, I know we've talked about it way, way in more detail than we probably should. And we're kind of sound like a broken record, but it's been five straight years now without the playoffs, four straight years of losing seasons. Like when is this going to stop? But, but we, at least it, I mean, Vic Fangio is going to be coming back for a year three Looks like Pat Shermer is going to be coming back for year two of the offense uh, as the offense coordinator. Right now, as of right now, all the coaches are going to be coming back, which kind of surprised me. I thought we would see a change, maybe specifically with Tom McMahon that's special teams coordinator, but it sounds like he's going to be back. So they're going to keep the band together for one more year, and hopefully the guys can stay healthy and get this thing turned around. Um, I think, I think, especially on offense, I think the pieces are there. They just got to execute. Yeah, it's. Frustrating. And, and I I feel the same pain as everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and while I try to sound optimistic, I it's more I'm trying to keep anybody who's listening uh and has seen our Tuesday shows or any of the other shows that we do, um, trying to keep it in perspective. Uh you're right, there were some there are some games that were really close and that yeah, good teams find a way to win, but you gotta keep in mind the number of injuries we had. And it wasn't just to third string players or second string players. I mean, we're talking about starters, you know. Uh, and it, the COVID issue as well with uh, three big name players that uh, decided to opt out. And again, that's completely fine. Uh, but Juwan James, Kyle Pecco, and I can't remember who the third one was. Um, 
But right off the bat, you have three big time players, and then Von Miller goes down, Cortland Sutton goes down. Uh, who else? Uh, we're looking at the draft. Darrell Casey went here. down. Yeah. Darrell Casey, uh, Justin uh, Stranod went down early That's in the right. season. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, this round pick there, and there was high. There was. Uh, expectations of, Hey, what, what are we going to see from this guy? Because mm-hmm. it's a pretty good pick, right? He goes down. Um, now just one thing after other Philip Lindsay was played with injuries throughout the Miller missed some time with injuries. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the stat is out there that the Broncos have the most amount of money tied up in IR. Obviously a lot of that comes from Vaughn Miller, but you don't, <laughs> I mean, it piles on after that. And when you're talking about all these starters, uh, very strong second stringers uh, going out. So now we're, we're bringing up people from the practice squad to be the backup, you know, to be the second stringers. Uh, in some cases, be the starter, you know, <laughs> like that's how depleted this team was. And the fact that we were even able to win five games yeah. is and not only win five games, but the way, according to Pro Football Focus, we ended the season with the seventh, seventh best defense in the league. And think of all the big name defensemen that we lost this year, early on in the year, especially. So, I mean, there, there's reason for hope. Like, you get all these guys back, uh, and you talk about Drew Locke. Drew Locke was horrendous this year. Okay, well, another pro football focus uh, a chart out there says that, uh, you know, out of they ranked every quarterback that lost the um, amount, most amount of yards based off of drops. Drew Locke was number two. Yeah. You take away half those drops. You know, and we're talking about a completely different uh, situation there. So, all in all, big picture, you're right. The injuries were just killing us right off the bat. Yeah, the injuries are just too big to overcome. Um, you know, coming into the season, a few question marks. Uh, number one for me was the Broncos have to find out what they got in Drew Locke. Um, I think they found out enough to still roll with them into next year. But is he the guy? That's still uh, the big question. I don't think they found mm-hmm. out enough or saw enough to know yet. Mm-hmm. They know enough like they want to give them another chance. But so that question didn't really get answered, unfortunately. Um, and like you brought up all the injuries on the defense side of the ball, Vic Fangio once again answered the question that, yes, he's one of the best defensive coaches in the league. Um, I mean, the defense was kept the Broncos in the game pretty much week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Even, even against the Saints, you know, <laughs> the game where the COVID bug hit us real bad, we didn't have any quarterbacks. And Kendall Hinton, the uh, practice squad wide receiver who was working at a grocery store or some retail years or something Yeah, a few weeks prior to that he had a suit up as the quarterback the defense kept the broncos in it for a good majority of the first half um a lot of teams they they wouldn't have been able to say the same so uh so those were two of the big takeaways for me i mean vic heck of a heck of a defensive coach um definitely deserves one more crack at it and andrew lock deserves one more crack at it as well because uh why he had good flashes he asked also had some bad flashes, just wasn't as consistent as we'd like to see. But he missed some time due to injury. Didn't get the full offseason due to COVID and everything. So hopefully the 2021 season, the offseason is more normal and he can get that work and timing in with his guys. And he can get his number one wide receiver in Cortland Sutton back, which is I can't express how big a loss that was. Yeah. Uh, and you bring back Juwan James uh, yeah. on the offensive line on the other side of Garrett Bowles, who is holy crap. Did you see that quote, though, that Garrett Bowles said about Juwan James earlier? Mm-hmm. He said he'd been talking with him a little bit this season. He said Juwan's got a lot of work to do to come back next year and be really? the player. So it tells me that Juwan hasn't really been working out that much. 
I'm my silence is uh, disbelief. Yeah, I'm gonna like, try why to right now because I don't want to misspeak on that. Cause right. I, I was really shocked when I read that bull's his exact comments. Uh, let's see. I'll let you look that up, but I my entire thought was he's had all year to stay in shape and focus on nothing else but staying in shape, making sure he he completely recovers from any kind of injury he's had in his lifetime and you know super strong physical therapy and so that he can come back to be the best self he's ever been so uh and the fact that garrett bowles would maybe tweet something like that is even more concerning he was asked about on a media i don't know if it's a press conference or what and he answered it um i'm still looking for it here of course i'm not gonna find it now that i brought it up quite the honest answer though so yeah, it was definitely Huh. Well, I would like to think that, you know, he has plenty of time during the off season to, to get back where he was. Um, now the good thing is with Garrett Bowles being as strong as he is, that it's not like you're going to have a weak right tackle and a really weak left tackle as well. Like at least your left side is pretty well shored up. Yes. Yes. Very true. I mean, that was a big, you know, coming into the season, I don't think any of us expected Garrett Bowles to get a four-year contract extension and played a level of a, of a second team all pro like he did, but man, he shut all the haters up this year. Yep. Including me. I, I gave him plenty of crap and he deserved it. You know, look, when you lead the league in holding penalties year in year out, you kind of deserve it at that point, but he, he shut me up. He would admit that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, I think those are all things tied to, to Drew Locke's performance. Um, and I, I want to hear what, what bright spots you've seen, because we all know the negative spots when it comes to um, all the interceptions, right? The, the bad reads, the mistakes he would make left and right. Um, but you're talking about the good things. And uh yeah, he's he's deserved to come back another year. But again, what we've been saying here at Orange Weekly for weeks now is we'll know halfway through next season whether we're going to continue with him or not. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, We and, and I know you've brought that up on past podcasts that if we're off to a bad start, we might say, all right, and that's, you know, that's enough. Um, and, and I still expect a uh, – I still expect us to bring another quarterback into the quarterback room, but I don't know who that's going to be. Um, I don't know if that's going to be via the draft or, or, you know, later round draft pick, I should say, not a first round, um, or, or if it's going to be a veteran via free agency. Um, I just expect somebody else other than Brett Rippon and uh, Jeff Driscoll to be in that quarterback room next year. Yeah. But um, I'm all for giving number three, uh, uh, you know, another chance. Um, but, you know, he, I guess I don't want to take this off the table because you never know. The new GM could come in and say, no, I want to go in a different direction. Um I don't foresee that happening, but it, it could. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, the Broncos still got, they got to find the quarterback and yeah. hopefully no early next year because it's, this is a quarterback town. It's a tougher quarterback town than most NFL markets. Yeah. Rightfully so. When you have John Elway and Peyton Manning as two of the uh, all time great quarterbacks and that have represented the Broncos. But, uh, but Drew showed some good flashes. Uh, I, I always go back to the charger game at home. Mm-hmm. He had the really good end uh, of the third quarter into the really great fourth quarter. Then that had that game-winning drive and that touchdown, that game-winning touchdown to K.J. Hamler. He's got some clutch factors in him. He's just got to take what the defense gives him 
not make that aggressive throw all the time. Yeah. Through his progressions. Um, Did you see that improve by the like near the end of the season? I thought it was improving towards the end. I mean, the Raiders game finally he didn't have an interception. Um, I thought the last couple of weeks, starting with that um, Kansas City game, I believe it was at Arrowhead, I thought he was finally starting to hit some checkdowns and not make some of those dumb throws. Um, mm-hmm. Not not saying that he didn't have about one or two per game because he did, right. but they were less. They were becoming less and less. So yeah. Um, and, and, you know, another bright spot of the offense, I thought Melvin Gordon was a bright spot of the offense. I know a yep. lot of people want to bring up his fumbles. He had four or five fumbles or so. Early on in the season, but then he, I mean, exactly. he rarely fumbled in the second half of the season. Exactly, and he became that stable workhorse. I mean, he didn't get injured. Um, unfortunately, Phil Lindsay once again, got another injury. That That's the thing that bites him is it's a good back if he can stay healthy, but he just can't stay healthy for the whole 16-game season. Yeah. Um, but Melvin Gordon going into next year, he probably will have to sit out a couple games early in the season due to that DUI. So mm-hmm. that's another cloud kind of hanging over the running back position. So, uh, But wide receivers, really anxious about the wide receivers next year. Of course, we talked about Cortland Sutton coming back. I expect Jerry Judy to uh, – um, get even better next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hamler get even better. Hopefully we, we, we resign Tim Patrick. Oh God. Yeah. And then uh, no fans could get better at tight end. Alberto, we lost him due to an ACL three games after he was kind of starting to come on. So yep. uh, I'm really excited about the offense. Um, I'm more um, in question of what the defense is going to look like. Cause there's a lot m- more of key players on the defense side of the ball up for free agency. Yeah. And before we move to that, you know, my thought with everything you said on the offense there, if, and I'm going to play couch GM here. Sure. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to straight up say it. And uh, I have zero GM experience. Uh, okay. But with all those points we were talking about, Drew Locke's improvement, all of the injuries on the offense, um, you know, this being such a weird year. If I'm the GM, I'm going to walk in and say, on paper, it's all here. You know, this should work. So why would I blow everything up and start from scratch again when it looks like we have a, a winning strategy, a winning uh, roster? You know, after mm-hmm. that, if that doesn't work, yeah, let's blow it all up. Yeah, you know, let's let's build it my way. Yep. Well, at least for right now, it's not like we have. Uh, maybe a quarterback and maybe one okay wide receiver and the coach has been here for six years and we haven't won, you know, more than four games in a season, right? Like we're on the cusp. And so if I'm the GM, I'm going to find maybe ways to tweak it, but it's not going to result in let's, let's fire everyone. Let's start out with a brand new quarterback. Let's trade the farm to get uh, Trevor Lawrence or fields or somebody. Right. So I, I think, it'd be worthy and it's, it's worthwhile to just see how this plays out this year. Exactly. And I think a good general manager would do that. You go in, okay, I'm going to oversee this. You know, I'm going to kind of review it with the binoculars and see how it goes. And I'm going to take some notes. And then uh, that's not to say he can't have a quick hook halfway through the season next year Sure. and ask for some changes, but he's got to give it a few, few weeks, few games to let it play out. See how, how it goes. And then, um, Things are going good. Yep. And then it's his time to step in. Okay, now things are gonna go my way. So I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. No, we'll see. It'll be interesting. But uh, I think that's the best course. You know, this team has been beat up and been going through so many changes. And you talk about the 
the quarterback carousel and even the <laughs> head coach, you know, rotation. Yeah. I, I think it, uh, if I were to say anything to the new GM is let's see how this plays out after a full, as normal as possible off season, these guys get time together to practice, get on the same page. Uh, everyone's coming back healthy. You see where our defense is. I can't imagine why they wouldn't be the number one or number two defense next year. If we finish number seven this year. So let's, let's see how this plays out after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It, you know, do whatever you think is necessary. Right. And, and he's still going to have a say in the, the draft and, the free agency and stuff. So, um, but in general, it's, I really want to see how this plays out because I think we're, I think we're close, man. I really do. It's going to be interesting to see how his draft goes because you know, Broncos country is pretty hard on John Elway for a lot of his drafts. Mm-hmm. So now let's see how the new guy goes and let's see if he gets the same criticism right away. It's no, it's still going to be John Elway's fault because John Elway hired the general manager. Yeah. So, they're still going to call for John Elway's head. And at some point it's going to happen. Eventually he's going to leave the organization. And then who are people going to have to blame? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, you have the Boland family. Yep. That's, that's I think going to get settled next year with a new owner. You have Joe oh. Ellis. He's going to be gone after next year. Yep. John Elway is relinquishing GM duties. At some point you, you're not going to have people to blame other than, I, I guess what the water boy like <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a whole new look soon i mean there's not gonna be too many key front office people around that were around the last decade it's mm-hmm. gonna be a whole new look but i think it's needed i, oh, I really yeah. do I, I think it's i mean it's a little concerning in some aspects but i think it's also very exciting too and it should be exciting right mm-hmm. um man i hope we don't have to start with another hard reset uh yeah, after this yeah, next year yeah. but if if that's need, needs to be um, if that needs to happen, then that needs to happen, right? Yeah. Um, but with fresh eyes and uh, fresh staff in the front office and everything, let's let's do it. You know, it's not going to be the Broncos of old. This isn't the Peyton Manning Peyton Manning era anymore. Uh, it's time to move forward, and I think it's I think it's going to be the best. Um, I, I just. I, w- I really hope it all works out, right? But again, their identity next year. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, that's it keeps the conversation keeps going back to that because it's such a huge it, part of this whole offseason. It is. I mean, it's you know a lot of my friends who aren't Bronco fans, they don't even understand everything going on behind the scenes of Broncos. Like they don't understand the Broncos don't have an owner. They don't understand how much of a mess it is until I explain. And then they're like dumbfounded. They're shell shocked. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. You guys won five games this year. Yeah. So, which did you realize we were not favored in a single game this season? Yeah. Even against the Jets. Yep. I, I that's just crazy to me because we still won five games. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we weren't good, but it wasn't like we were like the Jacksonville or anything. I mean, that's just wild to me. Seven or sixteen games and weren't favored once. That's just yep. it's crazy to me. It is. And we gave some good teams a run for their money. Like, yeah. like count out that Bills game because that was just that was. <laughs> we're gonna, ugly. We're ignore that one. First time we played the Chiefs, we were were, were we in the lead going into halftime, barely no, no, just it, behind them in the second quarter due to special teams. There was a punt block and a punt re- a kickoff return touchdown, and uh, it was still close. It wasn't. Yeah, it was manageable. It, it was the second half that killed us. Yeah. Um, see when we, we yeah, fact check me, please. I will. Um, I'm just curious myself now. 
but when we played them the second time, you know, we played a more complete game. And even my uh, best friend, who's a Chiefs fan, texted me and she was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> like she we was starting to get a little nervous. Twenty-four to nine and a half in the first game. Oh, I can't remember. Sixteen. Okay, I was thinking of some other game. Uh, maybe it was the the first. No. Anyway, yeah, there were times we looked good in the first half because our defense was, you know, playing their A game. But by the time we got the second half, they're gassed and our offense still isn't doing anything. So yep. things tend to fall apart in the second half, right? I mean, we beat the Dolphins, who was a 10 win team. You know, we were. I was at that game. That's why. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, we need to get you season tickets next year. That's what you're saying. Oh, I'm on it. I'm uh, on it, man. I mean, we lost to the Chiefs by six points in Arrowhead the second time. Um, which can you imagine this five and 11 team losing yeah. by less than a touchdown to the chiefs uh, lost by seven to the Falcons. That was a frustrating game. Cause we started off so slow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to see. Yeah. Of course we beat the Patriots, uh, beat the jets lost to the Buccaneers by 18, but that was the game. Drew locked in play at all. That was Jeff mm-hmm. Driscoll start. Uh, lost the Steelers by five with Jeff Driscoll playing the majority of the game. People forget about that one. And that's when Sutton and Drew Locke went out. Yep. Um, beat the Chargers. Uh, got smacked by the Raiders the first time. Yeah. Um, Saints, not even get to talk about that game. Beat the Panthers, the Bills, like we said. And then uh, lost to the Chargers, which definitely could have won that game. Yep. Um, and then lost to the Raiders. So, yeah, we were in a – I mean, we are pretty darn close a lot of those games. Mm-hmm. So it'd be one thing if we're getting blown out of the water. Yeah, we, we got, can, we got whooped three times. Yeah, so. you know, but you're talking about the other, um, those other games that we gave. The Chiefs started getting nervous. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, and they we're were playing a good game. Because Dolphin fans are pissed because we kept them out of playoffs. Looking back, uh-huh. they went 10 and 6. And that's the one I was hearing a Dolphin fan the other day said that's the loss that bugs him is the Denver one because all the rest, they lost to the playoff caliber teams. Yeah. <laughs> well, yep. we outplayed them. It shouldn't even been that close. We had a couple fumbles and it wouldn't even been that close. So, And I'm telling you, it I get why it bugs them. Sure. But I think we're a playoff caliber team. And that's with, the thing. with yeah. the people we have on the IR alone, yeah. we're a playoff caliber team. And I feel like that's a, a point we've been saying the last couple of years. So we're a playoff yeah. caliber team, but injuries. So maybe next year is the year we finally get lucky for the injuries temple. Yeah. And you gotta you can't ignore the COVID stuff this year. No, yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's you know, it's hard to evaluate this year when there were so many external weird things going on, you yeah. know, having to do multiple virtual practices before a game because you can't go out on the field because somebody tested positive or was exposed. Right. So yeah. just all these little weird things that it's, you know, you look at some of the teams that, that are in the playoffs. Now they have very little injuries and they had very minimal COVID issues. Yep. You yeah. know, a lot of luck played into this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Just and we knew that going in, and unfortunately, the Broncos a lot of times were on the wrong side of the luck. So. Yeah. So I, I don't know. There's uh, I'm I'm optimistic, and that's with my orange goggles off. Yeah. Like I take it off. I look at this team objectively. I discount. I try to weed out all the weird things that happened this year, and said if this was a normal year, uh, it wouldn't be amazing because we were still the youngest offense in the NFL. 
but it would have a lot of promise and show what we're really made about. And now you come back next year with uh, a lot more experienced depth that we're going to have, which is probably a big bright spot from the season. Uh, People starting who would probably never be starting (laughs) in their entire career. Um, And I just, I can't see how you wouldn't be optimistic about this team. Yeah, I, th- I think all Broncos country should be optimistic, but I know there's just a lot of negativity out there right now and a lot of pent-up frustration, and we're frustrated too. Like yeah. we said, it's been five years. It was exactly five years ago today was the Broncos. When Orange Weekly started. Oh, yeah, and when the Broncos started losing. Sorry. <laughs> well, five years ago today was the last time the Broncos uh, hosted a playoff game. It was today yeah. when they won the AFC Championship over the, over the Patriots. So it's yeah. it's been a while. Um, feels like a lot longer than that, honestly. At times, mm-hmm. but um, but I think we're close. But uh, gotta gotta prove it next year, or there's gonna be a lot more changes coming. Yep, and you know if that's what's needed, that's what's needed. Sure. Um, we've played this game long enough. Um, it would just suck because that means you're talking about another three years to kind of get back in the talk of, you yeah. know, hey, we're we're competitive again, right? So and it's frustrating because you look at the teams within our division. Kansas City set up to be good for the next decade or so. Uh, the Chargers might not be there yet. I mean, they're getting a new head coach, but it looks like they got a promising young quarterback. So they, you know, in three years they could be real good. Raiders, who knows? They're uh, Justin they're, Herbert could fall apart. He could get some of these other quarter young quarterbacks but, that had a good first season and they fell apart. I think he is pretty special, unfortunately, but that's just my opinion. Well, right. Yeah, he's gonna be pretty good, but it, it's too early to evaluate. And look at Josh Allen. He struggled for the first two years, and look at him now. He's a bona fide stud. Yep. <laughs> He's just good. So yep. so you it, never know with quarterbacks. You need time to be able to tell one way or the other. And so many people out there saying, you know, look at Justin Herbert. He's fantastic in his first year. Why can't we get a quarterback like that? Well, again, look back to some of these other quarterbacks that had a good first year and then completely flopped. Yep. Um, or look at Josh Allen. Am I going to say Drew Locke's the next Josh Allen? No, but it's, the the point of the matter is you got to give them time. And what we saw from Drew Locke this year, yeah, there were a lot of things that need to be fixed. Uh, some of it I can't put, put on him. You know, the number of drops that the receivers had that resulted in the second most loss of yardage by any quarterback in the league you can't put that on Drew Lock. <laughs> you know, Drew yeah. Lock can't throw the ball, run over there and make them catch it. <laughs> yep. 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 So, I'm I'm optimistic for that reason as well. Mhm. Yep, it, it, like I said, I would I would be shocked if uh the new GM came in and said, "Hey, we're going to make a change at quarterback without even, you know, giving them some time." So. Yeah. Um the one area of concern that I do have special teams. Well, yeah, and, I was really surprised in Fangio's comments about uh, McMahon. I mean, it, it made it sound like it was a done deal with him coming back. So. Yeah, and at this point he is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously injuries, you know, the special teams is usually made up by those backup players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when we're on our third string and practice squad people making up special teams are going to suck, right? But even 2019, we were ranked the 21st uh, ranked special teams. Yeah. This year, obviously, we were last by a whole lot. <laughs> Um, so I, that's concerning, you know, even in 2019, which was a fairly normal year, no major, you know, in-depth injuries like we experienced this year, we were still only the 21st, yeah. you know, uh, like, I don't know how that's going to change. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it's going to take to improve that, to be honest. I, I don't, 
Yeah. Maybe the new GM will look at this and come and say, yeah, this is a huge between needing uh, us needing to get more turnovers on defense and we need some sort of special teams that maybe isn't the best, but top half of the league. So that at least they're not destroying us just in kickoffs and punts and she's, uh, you know, it's just, that's a huge glaring issue where if I'm looking at next year and I'm saying there's an area where I'm really concerned about it's special teams. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. It's uh it's been a concerning problem for a while now. Um, optimistic that can get better, but uh, I got to show me something pretty early. See, that's, that's where I'm going to say I'm optimistic, but with my orange goggles on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> about it. yeah. I'm trying to be op- objective. It's probably yeah. more thinking than anything. Yeah. And I can, I wear my orange goggles pretty much all the time, except for when I'm on these podcasts and shows and I try to take them off for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then they go right back on. Yeah, I think that's how we, and we pride ourselves on that. I mean, that's what we, we owe our fans. We're trying to, I mean, sure we're coming with a fan perspective, but we're trying to not to be homers all the time, which I think some other podcasts are just completely homers and we're not going to do that. So. And and for people you know maybe haven't don't know too much about us, we're also not going to waste your time with bullcrap rumors. Nah, okay, don't, up there. don't click on that clickbait. Nah. You're wasting your time. Yeah. Okay. Patrick Mahomes is not going to become a Bronco, and if it's like <laughs> three things the Broncos need to do to get Patrick Mahomes, don't waste your time. Great <laughs> okay. draft pick for the next decade. Exactly. <laughs> and then we have Pat Mahomes, but we have no players, but we have Patrick Mahomes. You got one guy. Okay. Like, you know, Deshaun Watson, don't, don't waste your time. Yeah. Don't, don't sit there and think about what would I be willing to give up for him? Because it's not going to happen. Oh. And we're not going to spend here any more time than we are right now saying it's not going to happen. We're not going to waste your time with it. Right. So. Right. I think that is kind of that is one big thing that sets us apart. And, and uh, if you guys haven't watched any of our shows yet, make sure you check us out. Uh, all of our live shows, obviously season ending, but uh, we're going to have those live shows throughout the season on Tuesday nights, uh, maybe about once a month, and of course a little bit more when those uh, major spots of the off season occur. Um, but join us for fun things like trivia nights, Broncos trivia nights. Um, Jared uh, continues to get last place, uh, <laughs> and I want to keep it that way. Um, I haven't gotten more than second to last, but I wasn't last, you know. I'm um, looking forward to trying to defend my title. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and David, you guys. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> so, yeah, we got a lot of good stuff for you guys. Uh, and that's that's what we're here about is just interacting with all of, all of the fans that we have. So, um, okay. So, oof, this season is one uh, for the books, obviously. Um I think there, in general, you could see the 2021 Broncos being the most improved team in the league. I hope you're right. I like the sounds of that. Um, I know they were a pick by a lot of analysts to be that breakout team this year mm-hmm. and make the playoffs. But then a few weeks into the season, everybody was oh, back on that. Which Well, Von Miller goes down. Dulac goes down. Cortland Sutton goes down. Exactly. So, uh yeah, I think the pieces are definitely there. We've we've said it many many times. It just now they they've just got to come through and do it. Um, yep. We got to see more consistent play, more smart play, more discipline at times. Um, I mean, the schedule doesn't look too bad. Uh, the schedule was released. We don't. Yeah. We win. We're playing them, but we know our opponents. Um, I'm I'm okay with it though. If I remember right, uh, I need to pull it up, but it's not terribly no. tough. Out. 
outside of our division games. We get the NFC East next year, so we'll be um, hosting the Eagles in the football team, and we'll go be going to play the Giants and, and the Cowboys on the road. And then AFC, we get uh, we play the North, I believe it is, and we'll be hosting the Bengals and the um, Ravens, and we're mm-hmm. going to Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And then we also play the Jets and the Jaguars since we all finished last in our divisions. Mm-hmm. And I thought I read somewhere, but maybe it's the 2022 season, but I thought next year was also the year they're putting in the um, 17th, 17th game, which so, we would play the NFC North, I believe. That would be the Lions. So, last. yeah, so uh, this was something that we were talking about that – before the season, obviously they've instituted the new playoff schedules. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to this next year at that 17th game. Mm-hmm. Last I heard, and I haven't looked for maybe a week or two now, um, mid-December, the owners all agreed to postpone that decision. Okay. So they've released the opponents. I don't know if they're going to come back and say, yeah, we're going to go ahead and add that 17th game yeah. in. I think they have plenty of time to do that because sure. uh, you're just going to cut out uh, the fourth preseason game to make it happen. So. They have time to make it happen. I have not heard whether they are or are not one way or the other. Okay. I, and I, I could be. I believe it would be AFC West against AFC North. I believe I read that. So it would be the Lions if they do add one more game. It'd be the okay. Lions. So, so uh, the main games that worry me are uh, are going to be the divisional games. Sure. You know, you have other teams like uh, um, uh, the Ravens. I guess the Browns, but with a fully healthy team and the defense we have, I think any one of these teams is very beatable. Yeah. Um, at Pittsburgh, um, mm-hmm. I mean, we just don't win there um, very often. We're close. We almost did this year. We're close this year. Um, and that's assuming that crowds can be at games and, and capacity and everything. Um, but no, I think I think it looks pretty favorable, favorable um, to the plain eye. So it'll be interesting to see what some of these teams look like. I mean, the Jets don't have a coach right now and, and uh, they'll most likely get Justin Fields. Uh, Jaguars got to get Trevor Lawrence. And it looks like it's uh, becoming more and more. Um, uh, what's the word I want to say? It looks like it's becoming into fruition that Urban Myers going to be the next head coach, which is going to be interesting. Yeah, um, They got their initiating team. They got a lot of money to spend. They're getting a new GM, new head coach, new quarterback, they're really trying to build it from the ground up. So we'll see. I mean, the cons have a lot of money. They're some of the richest mm-hmm. owners in the NFL. They are yep. billionaires upon billionaires. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see, see um, what happens there. But yeah, looking at, looking at it um, with, with, without the orange and blue glasses on, I still think it looks pretty favorable. Yep. So I think that's, uh, there's a lot to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I'm sad that this is the, the last, uh, weekly podcast of the year that we're going to do um and some sometimes it's like yeah that was was like how is this game not over yet like it's been going on for two days it feels like you know (laughs) that's a good that's a good point i would like to see more points at times but yes uh but anyway it's been fun and uh yeah everyone will be back next year and uh just make sure whenever uh we get close to a big part of the off season uh check us out we're going to be doing stuff podcasts and live shows and um about once a month just maybe some fun other kind of shows so um 
Orange Weekly, we're uh, fans, brews, and Broncos news. That's what we're all about. Fans are the number one there because that's what we care about most. Uh, so thanks for all your support this year. Tanner, uh, I guess closing thoughts, man. Yeah, it's been fun. Kev, Dan, it was our first full season together uh, doing the post-game podcast. Already looking forward to um, the 2021 season, doing that with you. Looking forward to the big shows we're going to be doing in the offseason with uh, free agency and the draft and all that. Uh, looking forward to our our fan appreciation show coming up on live next Tuesday on um, the 12th. Yeah. The 12th um, should be a good time there. I really look forward to that. I think uh, last time I checked with you about uh, the whole orange week of cruise going to, going to be there. So uh, mm-hmm. it'll be a good time. And uh, next season will be here before we know it, but uh, it's been a pleasure this year for sure, man. Appreciate no, it's it. been it's been good it's always fun uh we seem to uh just have fun with it all and hopefully our, our listeners are too i figure if you know you keep listening to us that uh it's okay. not because you hate us yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's fifth year of uh orange weekly and we're going to go strong through our sixth year with some fantastic stuff where we might even be adding somebody here to our post-game podcast uh yeah. it sounds like that's going to be the plan we'll introduce him on the tuesday night show but you'll hear him starting uh during the off season so it'll be the three of us having some good times um but growth yeah. is good growth is good growth is good mm-hmm. um yeah, so I, I think we'll end it with that, man. Thanks for everything. Uh, to our, our listeners, thanks for everything. Uh, stick with us because uh, we're not going anywhere anywhere anytime soon. So, okay. Uh, sucks to say it, but there you go. Uh, postseason podcast is complete. Uh, as always, uh, thanks for everything, and we'll end it as normal on a strong. Go Broncos. Broncos. Take care, everyone. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.